0: Alright, that is Mask of the Beast by Chief Crow and the Flat Earth Worms. By the way, you can catch him live at the Solar Return Festival in March, and I'll be keeping you posted on that. Uh, Thank you for joining. This is Infinite Plane Radio for February the 27th, 2021. Yes, AJ says, everyone has gone totally r word Yes, that would be the motto for 2021. It's pretty bad. You see, the the band geeks are now confined to solitary tents so they can't uh, exchange, exchange any air with anybody else. I mean, that's what it's about. They don't want us breathing the same air, which is conspiring if you get into the etymology. Conspire, breathe together. Not allowed to be a conspiracy theorist. No speaking among one another, no passing notes. Every bit of information must come directly. From your CIA controlled media. Going through comments, I see a number of people here showing up in the chat. Those of you listening on the Dark Matter Digital Network, you're free to join us in the chats just by going to darkmatter.radio and you'll see a little embedded Twitch video. And that Twitch chat module actually interfaces with all the other ones. So we have people all across the web it's very much decentralized, which is one of the reasons why I think we managed to escape the sensors. So many people getting memory hold these days. All right, anyway, I'm going through the comments in the chat just to see who's here and if anybody has anything they want me to turn my attention to. Although today we're engaging in what I call meta script analysis. The big picture. Reading the zeitgeist. Is the sky falling? And that's the main theme. Is the sky falling? And you'll see that, again, the so-called conspiracy theorists have been vindicated in essentially reading the world stages script again that's what i call it the meta script commenter says devon island baffin bay canada commenter oh that's nice okay a lot of people are speculating that mars might actually be somewhere here on earth and there are people in various places in the world, specifically Devon Island, who feel like they're on Mars whenever they go out there. And that's not to mention the simulated Mars in China, the Mars cities, and who knows what else. Okay, anyway, going on into the chats here, I see something I wanted to comment on. Okay, highly suspect says, what can we say about the obelisk in St. Peter's Square? surrounded by all those men on the roof as it was placed inside of the interesting. I know what you're saying. I think everybody knows the history of that particular symbol, but I think many people overlook the significance of it. Like, what does it mean? And personally, I just call it the cult of the obelisk. I think it's far too simplistic to say that the world is in the thrall of a satanic cult. Any of these conspiracy theorist uh, cliches I think it's just, I think they're all off the mark. But what we can do is we can look at symbolism patterns and maybe discern a bit of what might be going on behind the curtain. And that's one of the things I wanted to talk about right now. Uh, Polcat 78 says, Infinite Plane Society gives me hope. Cognitive dissonance is not fake. It's actually not. If you look into cognitive dissonance, uh, gaslighting, that is, it's just a fancy way of saying Lying but having the power to enforce your lies. That has a psychological effect on the lied too, especially if they're aware of it. So many people choose not to be aware of the self-deception because it induces the opposite of harmony and happiness, which they call cognitive dissonance. And yeah, sometimes it is uh, comforting, I guess, uh, useful to compare notes for sure. It's definitely useful to compare notes with other people. What are you seeing? Did that? Did this? Did any of this uh, look real to you? Do you trust that particular narrative? And these are just questions. And I'm surprised they haven't removed question marks as hate symbols from our keyboards. I mean, don't think they can't. Remember AOK? And I remember the AOK symbol from. I think it was Neil Armstrong would do that. Uh, you know, I didn't know it was a white power thing. It didn't become that till recently. It became the devil's hand sign, the triple six, after it was A OK. And then about 2017, it became white power. I think that was when Milo Yiannopoulos started using it. And the ADL has actually listed the AOK hand sign along with the bowl cut as hate symbols. So now you look at Q and Q and on, and don't tell me. That they will come up with an excuse to remove the Q from your key, your keyboard, and it's not to stop you from researching QAnon. It's to stop you from asking questions, which is basically what they call you. If you ask a question, oh, you're one of them, QAnon conspiracy theorists and people who look at this material, this research, whatever you want to call it, the alternative media. Uh, most people have pretty much figured out uh, that you you know anonymous sources are just not trustworthy. So, who really trusts a person named Q Anonymous? Most of the people who followed along with it uh, did so or do so out of um, you know the hope that there's some value in this Intel, but I'd like to point out that the mainstream media is essentially an anonymous source. You don't know who wrote what's on the teleprompter being repeated mindlessly. and we've done this a bit. We've done a lot before the Twitter bots we were already fact checking the media. About three years ago, uh, we actually had this whole idea that we should just start calling the different news agencies and asking them basic questions. Uh, Same with the dinosaur museums, just basically making phone calls, interviewing people. And it was a lot of fun because you could just kinda just see how possible it really is to get one over on the multitudes, just by how uh, compartmentalized everything really is. Case in point, right after the Parkland production, uh, one of the witnesses said that she was with the alleged shooter, and they both heard the shoot, the shots at the same time. They heard the shooting going down, and it wasn't him. And supposedly, she said, I mean, this is... According to an eyewitness, supposedly she said to him, I'm surprised it wasn't you, Nick Cruz, shooting up the school. And she laughed. So she even made a joke about this guy during the school shooting, which is kind of funny in itself. I think she was improv and she looked like she was auditioning. Anyway, this nameless... I don't even know if this is a real person or an actress, but supposedly, again, she was essentially an alibi for Nick Cruz. So I started calling around... And this wasn't the only example. If you look at that event, there's actually a, a number of accounts by eyewitnesses that are completely at variance with what the news actually published that day. Uh, there was a gym teacher who was charged with herding a certain number of kids into a closet who had a completely different account. I don't want to revisit that particular event. You know, It wasn't one of their best productions. It had some of their, some of their best lines, though. And props like the tiny books that blocked bullets. I mean, there's really so much to unpack. But anyway, the, the very basic basic thing is this: we had an alibi for the shooter, so presumably whoever shot 17 kids is still running around, and now he knows who saw him, and who can dox him, because well, they're on TV talking about it, like eyewitnesses to a mass a massacre should not be putting their faces out there. If they're, uh, uh, I guess if the attempted uh, murderer is still at large. Well, anyway, I called around various news agencies and I said, aren't you guys concerned that the killer might still be on the loose? And they were pretty much like, no, we're just basically publishing whatever's handed to us. Like, uh, no, we don't care about that. That's a fact. Uh, narrative. Remember, it's, it's, it's narrative-driven media. The news has nothing to do with the facts. You're welcome to prove me wrong on that. But even if they're factually accurate about one story in isolation, uh, the premise might be entirely flawed. And it usually is, starting with the cosmography on up. Tim Truth says, you learn a lot by calling around. They admit they just parrot the police, same as the Nashville bombing. Oh, the Nashville bombing had another miraculous, uh, what is it, passport. Like this passport survives the the blast. That bombing was very fishy, if you ask me. Uh, First of all, the character's name. Let me me go ahead and get this up, because there was a few things about this, and we're talking about meta script and bits of uh, suggestions that what we're looking at is pretty much just theater. 2020 Nashville Bombing, December 25th. Anthony Quinn Warner. A.Q. Warner detonated, a recreational vehicle, a bomb in downtown Tennessee, killing himself. Well, his passport survived, like one of those miraculous 9-11 passports. Anyway, his name, Anthony Quinn Warner, was taken by Q and honors to mean a Q warning. Like this was a staged event, maybe it was fake, but it was some kind of a warning. Again, this was on Christmas there's a, a lot of uh, a lot of like I don't know if you want to call it uh, storytelling, but narrative building, like the way that people interpret things, and that event was really dissected by the Q and honors, and you know, anybody who looked at it objectively saw at a minimum we're looking at something that looks. I mean, it's just conspicuously absent of any real casualties. It wasn't a Boston bombing. It was essentially empty. And the thing was giving a warning off in advance. There wasn't any clear motive. But they did go back to the guy's house, and it kind of reminded me of... You remember the Unabomber? The idea that the FBI takes possession of a guy's cabin, they see what's in his head, and then they report to you. Uh, They did a breakdown of this character. And to me, these are just archetypes they put out there. DNA tests show that Anthony Warner blew himself up on Christmas warning. Christmas morning, and the narrative always trumps facts. I have a a great example of that, in fact. So, a few days ago, Lady Gaga, who's going to be discussed for a couple of reasons today, but her dog walker was mugged, shot, and two of her three dogs were stolen. She put a $500,000 reward up, and she got her dogs back. Anyway, uh, before they found out who actually kidnapped the dogs based on the video, Uh, it was already being spread that this was obviously some Trumpers, some Magas, some Proud Boys mad at her for singing the National Anthem went up there and stole her dogs. So that was the story. And it probably would have stuck if they didn't have cameras. Adaptavia says, nothing has anything to do with facts or vax. Yeah, you know, the vaxophobia debate thing is so intriguing to me right now. Uh, So many people are speculating on the whole thing, and my contention from day one has been nothing to fear, a symbolic act. You know the word vaccine means, well, cow in Latin, and someone just pointed out to me that uh, ovid, like covid, is sheep. Don't know if it means anything, but... One of my contentions has been that, yeah, this is essentially a communion. You're getting initiated into the new world church. And it is a world-shaping paradigm that we're dealing with here, this new uh, scientific uh, paradigm, which is basically outer space, space utopianism is the new heaven. The concept of original sin has been replaced with your carbon footprint. In fact, sin itself, which nobody really cared about anymore, at least the non-believers, because they're scientific, well, they've been given a new form of sin. And you can find it under a microscope, and it's called a virus. So then you introduce COVID, the pandemic. This is a devil that the atheists will believe in, and you can use it to modify their behaviors. I I do think this is the new world religion, and it's incredible to watch. You know, you see moral relativists, godless atheists going through, voluntarily, a puritanical revision of their lives. The most God-fearing people in the world, the ones who actually fear the sky falling, are the most scientific people. It's fascinating to me how they've managed to dress up archaic superstitions with science. In fact, if you look at the agency that's always warning us that the world's going to be flooded if we don't mitigate our carbon footprint, it's actually called Noah. And their symbol's a dove, just like the biblical Noah, who did the exact same thing. And the Noahs today, by the way, would be the billionaires, the richest men in the world who can save you if the world were to be flooded. And this would be Bezos and Musk. Interesting, right? They're building these space arcs. These these guys are part of this space program. Again, a major premise of what they're doing is the world's going to overheat. It's going to be hit by an asteroid. In fact, there's two different views on this. According to Blue Origin's Jeff Bezos, uh, the world needs to undergo, and he said this a couple of years ago, he said the world will have to embrace a, a statism, or rather what he said was a... Actually, he did say that. Let me bring it up. But, you know, paraphrasing, he says, if you want liberty and freedom, you're going to have to go into space, because in order to save the world, uh, we are going to have to curb our carbon emissions. So one of his points was that, yeah, you're basically you're not going to have freedom here on Earth much longer, that your choice is clear. In fact, uh, I guess you could say freedom's not sustainable. So the idea was that even though they're going to go live like, well, serfs on Mars or whatever, we have to undergo the same transition here on Earth. And the difference being, of course, is that according to Musk's vision, Earth is doomed anyway. In other words, we're going to get hit by an asteroid. It's inevitable. So if we don't get out of here, well, we're doomed. So this is from Wired Magazine. Jeff Bezos wants us all to leave Earth for good. This might be one of the reasons why so many movies are so dystopic, why the future always looks so bleak. I think they want to get people, they want to disabuse you of the idea that this will be a habitable place in a few years. They're trying to get you to leave the best real estate. And who knows where they're going to send you. I mean, if you choose to believe that you can go live on Mars, you know, have at it. But I'm very skeptical about uh, interplanetary travel for a few reasons. You won't see me first in line. Not that it will stop it. At this point, it doesn't even matter. You'll have people on Mars, on the potato farms, looking at their Snapchat or whatever, and the Flat Earthers will tell them, you know it's all just CGI. You're in a big movie set, probably beneath Arizona. And they'll just laugh at you. It won't change anything. All right, let me go through a few of these topics. Again, Metascript Analysis, Dark Winter, Falling Sky. Uh, this is what I want to talk about. So I want to start off with this, because I don't want to get censored for comments about the Vax the, thing, but that is a topic that frequently, frequently comes up here. I personally don't believe that there's any desire to depopulate the world, whatever the Georgia Guidestones say. Maybe they see that as an ideal to be reached in the future, but I don't think there is such a plan. And I'm looking at the U.S. birth rates from 1950 to 2021, and actually it's gone up. It's been a 0.9% increase from 2020. And so the birth rates going up consistently kind of goes against the idea that we're all being slow killed. Unless you're positing that they want to build up the population to a huge number and wipe us all out at once. But no, don't think so. Now, this is this is great. This is from The Simpsons. I hate copyright strikes, so I'm going to go ahead and parse through this. It's a, it's a two-minute piece, but it's about... Well, you'll know right away. At Exploration Incorporated, our mission is to help humanity make the next big leap. That's so fascinating. When did you incorporate? We're preparing to launch the... So what you're looking at is a Space X kind of parody on The Simpsons, and they're talking about going to Mars. How do you plan to solve the problem of eyeball explosion when you take off your space helmet? Uh, you leave your helmet on. So it's, it's a pretty long piece, but at the end, and this is what I'm getting to, it, it's pretty much showing you how Mars is being marketed at the youth. It shows you how families are divided on the issue, but um, at the very end, Mars is being blasted into space. I plan to build and then you find out that they can't actually take off and listen to their explanation as to why uh, they can't actually launch. What's happening. Do you know how to run the dishwasher? Of course not. Maybe we can use paper plates. Where the hell are we- Again, this is from Simpson's SpaceX hoax and listen to their explanation as to why the rocket doesn't actually go anywhere. It's not a real rocket. It's the outside of a real rocket. We did plan to build a real rocket, and that's one thing they can never take away from us. That plan is our legacy. So, basically, it kind of gives away the game, I think. I mean, I don't know. Some people have suggested that, many, that these private space agencies get so far and then they find out. Well, maybe you can't actually do what they claim to be doing. Strangely, though, and I want to point this out. The QAnon conspiracy theory is not in any way a flat earth thing. They're 100% believers in Space Force thought I'd bring that up. And one more thing, before we go any further, since we brought up SpaceX, I got this excellent video montage of Starlink satellites. And I used to talk about this a lot, uh, mainly because in many of the videos, when they first released this thing, you would see Starlinks passing over people's homes at 11 o'clock at night. And my problem with that is that the shadow of the Earth would preclude it reflecting. You wouldn't be able to see it. Uh, the, the column of darkness extending 870,000 miles into the outer space would um, not allow you to actually see something something from, well, 184 miles above your head so anyway, I was looking at this montage and what someone did here was they put together a montage of Starlink satellites and they compared it to satellites being launched uh, looks like it's, who knows, Antarctica? But they have these sateloon trains that are linked, I believe it's some kind of a cable. So it's a train of what appear to be, well, just like Starlink satellites. They could be routers on balloons. So looking at something like this, you know, my question is, you know, just from, you know, Occam's razor, I guess, take that out once in a while. What's more likely? That your router is a sateloon or that it's flying around the globe at seventeen thousand miles per hour, and again, you know, it's up to you which you choose to believe. But then, too, does the evidence support that? We have more images of satellites being launched than satellites in orbit, and the the footage that we are given from outer space, well, footage usually it's artistic renderings, and that's what usually surprises people. when they ask you, why would you even ask questions about? Are there orbiting satellites? Like, I'm not saying satellites are a hoax. I'm saying orbiting satellites are questionable. In fact, there is a a few things about satellites I find interesting in the function they serve. Uh, You know, because it's all artwork now. I call it religious art. You have these, they look like angels. And you know, a minute ago I was talking about how this is the new world religion and they came up with a, a heaven that all of the competing denominations and religions can agree on. The Muslims, the Christians, the Jews, the atheists, oh, they all love the outer space heaven. That's why this is the official heaven of your new world order. Well, if you look at the beautiful art of the satellites, they all look like angels. They have these wings that reflect God, which is their God, the sun. So they're they're basically worshiping the sun all day, doing his business, staying in their due place, in their circuit, day in, day out. You can't see them, but they can see you. The angels are the ones that warn the priests. Hey, by the way, you sinners are causing things to heat up down here, and you know, God's going to flood if you don't mitigate this. So the, the warning system from above is these. It's this group of orbiting angelic oversight, overseers, or protectors, like guardian angels. In fact, the Space Force is now called the, the soldiers in Space Force. They're called guardians, like guardians of the galaxy. But another thing too, you know, so angels are invisible, but um, they can see you. So they're kind of like God's snitches. And so why would you want to not confess your sins knowing that he's got the ultimate spy system and he's going to know anyway? And I think in a very similar way, you have the same kind of pervasive paranoia knowing that yeah big brother's watching and he can read your iphone over your shoulder from outer space at any time and he can report you to well the agencies the centralized authority the god of the system so i think angels and satellites are kind of a components of this complete world view that again includes a wrathful god i mean what do you think recycling actually is you're separating the products you consume, knowing that consuming is damaging to the earth. So you're separating things that can be recycled to mitigate the damage that you've done. So you're acknowledging that you're a polluter. You see, the, the sinner is a thing of the past. The super spreader and the polluter are the terms of the day used by the priesthood of the day who dress up as scientists. Same system. So when you're Engaged in recycling, you're actually separating your actions, the choices that you made, and you're condemning some. And some are okay. And the fact that you're making this conscious decision, and then you're putting it in the approved container with the, with the little recycling symbol. You, you can look at the symbol. You know, the, the dumpster, the green dumpster. This is the original green god, Osiris. This is the earth god that you're paying homage to. So he doesn't get mad, obviously. And if you look closely at the three circling or the triangle of arrows on the recycling symbol, well, their god is the god of death and resurrection. Death, regeneration, resurrection. The god of recycling. And within it, you actually see in the negative space a pretty clear hexagram, which is another symbol associated with the Saturnian earth god, the god of death and rebirth. So I'm just suggesting that The modern paradigm complete with the eschatology of global warming, climate change is in fact a a religion for the masses and it has been accepted across the board. And in that context, the vaccine is nothing more than the Holy Communion wafer, because if everybody agrees that COVID is the devil, then everybody agrees that sin exists. You've sold the modern mind on a very archaic mind control system. That's my theory on the purpose of this uh, pandemic and its management. Okay, let's move on. Uh, this was a, I haven't followed up on it. Elijah Schaefer, he's a live streamer, reporter. He said, I'm not sure what's happening at this mall. Everyone started running, alarms are going off, and the stores are shutting all their gates. Employees are rushing everyone inside and pushing them out the emergency exits faster than I've ever seen. This was at 5.40 p.m. I didn't dig deeper into the story, but I asked them, did somebody without a mask sneeze? Because that's kind of where we're at. You know, people have been rendered into hypochondriacs, and the state has Manchhausen syndrome by proxy, and you're the patient it it parasitically feeds off of for power, money, sympathy, and everything else. We talk a lot about conspiracy, but, you know, once in a while, I want to look at things from the other perspective, you know, just to get some perspective. So here's one for you. Maybe it's a prospiracy. All the vaxaphobes, anybody here who is scared of Bill Gates, maybe they're secretly injecting us with life-extending, intelligence-boosting happiness chips that will make us better in every way. And then they give everyone a universal income. So people can do inward journeys as the world transitions into an age of peace, prosperity, and renaissance. Like, I don't see anybody arguing for the best possible outcome. It's always, they're going to kill us all. Okay, let's get to the Donnie Darko topic. We started this a few days ago, and as I imagined it would on the forum, it's gone deeper. So if you haven't seen Donnie Darko, uh, here's how it came into our Frame of reference, this is a movie that was released 1-19-2001. Actually, that was, uh, if you look at the release date, but it actually didn't go into the theaters until after September the 11th. It had some delays. One of the reasons for the delay and for the poor advertising is that it's based on a plane crash, or rather plane parts falling from the sky, and a few other things which I'll get into. But this movie was celebrating its 20th anniversary uh, last month. And again, it's about parts of a plane falling from the sky. And so uh, the other day, last week, when the plane parts fell from the sky, um, immediately uh, people had drawn this correlation to Donnie Darko. And I looked at it, and the the scene of the accident, the scene where the parts fell, it looked very similar, just the style of it, it was reminiscent of it. Then you find out it's on Elmwood Street, which has some very significant connotations, which we will get into. Uh, Then it's the 13,000th block. Minor details at first, but as you see, as we dig into this, you'll see that there's actually some greater significance. And I'm bringing this up in the context of this movie, which was uh, talked about in the context of 9 11 at the time because of its content, has its anniversary and then plane parts start falling from the sky and now NBC's dropping a series called Debris about stuff falling from the sky then we have Leonardo DiCaprio going around advertising his new movie Don't Look Up about stuff falling from the sky and this is all against the backdrop of NASA ceaselessly warning us chicken little style about asteroids they're like uh oh election day there's an asteroid the size of Trump Tower going to kill us all like they're constantly inventing these threats the sky is falling and i think it's leading somewhere and that's where this donnie darko movie comes into play so if you've followed along with any of our meta script analysis on the donald trump character on the world stage this actually builds on all of that so donnie darko is a movie which cryptically represents and references Donald Trump and this particular time. And that's what's so interesting about this movie's relationship to the events of September the 11th as the release date and a few other things also correlate with the corona. And that's what we're going to get into. I'm going through your comments. Uh, Salty Siren, I can't believe 2000 was 21 years ago. That's when I graduated. Right. 2000, that was 21 years ago, but So even though the September 11th just had its 19th anniversary, uh, the Donnie Darko movie just had its 20th anniversary because it was released at the beginning of 2001. Just pointing that out, and you'll see why, because these dates are important. And something else, the movie set in 1988, very key point there. But let me start with this. We have to talk about the Donald Trump 58 Matrix first. So there was a TV episode in 1958, and I bring this up because this is the earliest reference to Trump on the world stage uh, that we can find as far as these references in the entertainment. And this, again, doesn't have, this This isn't even bringing up the whole Baron Trump books, but I should reference those really quick because those books came out much earlier, and they referenced a disputed election on November the 3rd. The name Don, the name T- Trump. time travel is one of the themes here, though. So if you've looked into these interesting references to Trump throughout the various movies and films, he's well, not him, but this archetype has been placed into, clearly referencing him as you'll see. And as you look into these, you'll see how he's been, you know hardwired into the world stage. And, and that's my first point. And you'll see how they did it. But one of the, uh, the reoccurring themes, though, is time travel. And this is speculated by many to be related to Nikola Tesla and Donald Trump's brother, or uncle, rather. Don't want to get into that, but I want to focus on just what we can point at and prove. So we'll start with this. Lean Dion says, Trump was on Oprah teasing a presidential run in on 1988. Right. Yeah, these dates are going to figure prominently. And remember this, too. A lot of these characters are admitted. Like, you know this character, the Biff Tannen from the time travel series Back to the Future, was based on Donald Trump. It's not just that they look the same and they act the same. No, the writers will tell you. Okay, so The End of the World aired on May 9th, 1958. And this is the first clue for the night. I mean the first term I want to focus on is the end of the world. So this was a, a TV show called Trackdown. So again, May 9th, 1958, if you're watching Trackdown, the episode was called End of the World and it's about a guy named Trump who promises to save the population from a from a cosmic threat that only he could protect them from. And he turns out to be a snake oil salesman and they kick him out of town. Well, what did Trump sell you on? A wall Not just from the illegal aliens, but Space Force, a wall against alien aliens, you know, space aliens. And again, this is End of the World, May the 9th. So May the 10th, 1958, the very next day, happens to be the date of an episode of Quantum Leap. So if you've watched Quantum Leap, it's another time travel show. So you just follow the dates here. May 10th, 1958. Now, it's a new show, not new-er, but, of course, the time travel show. So, episode that was set, May 10th, 1958, was called It's a Wonderful Leap. Now, the thing about It's a Wonderful Leap is it's about a cab driver. He leaps into the life of a cab driver, the time traveler, Sam. And the very first customer, passenger, happens to be Donald Trump's father and Donald Trump who at that point is 12. So it's the very next day, Donald Trump in a time travel movie, but this time as a kid. So there's a, bit of a, a little bit of a synchronicity here. Now the date's 1958, and that's where the 58 matrix comes into it. And we won't get into all of it, but one, it happens to be used in the reverse as well. Back to the Future, set in 85, and 1858. Donald Trump has a tower, that's 58 stories. Um, And then, there's a few other things about this 58. Add 58 to 1958 and you get 2016, the year he gets inaugurated. You have a number of instances like this, and I'm not going to go through all of them, but I'm just pointing out that in these various movies where Trump is inserted into a role, he is synchronistically... Uh, tied into the concept of time travel and his future presidency. So now, let's get to predictive programming, meta-scripting with Donnie Darko. So I don't have to give you any spoilers. The movie's pretty simple. It's about time travel. And I'll bring up the relevant points here, but it's, it's not like a time machine. It's about a, a time travel that has to do with um, a portal. Okay, so let me start with my very first point on this. Uh, First of all, it's set in 1988. That's another key point. Okay, I'm going through my notes. There's so many things here. Okay, Donnie Darko, End of the World. Now, a big part of the Donnie Darko, End of the World thing is this eclipse. Like a corona. When you have an eclipse, the ring of fire is a corona. And so the end of the world is one of the repeated themes throughout the movie. Donnie wakes up. He's a sleepwalker, a lucid dreamer. He wakes up after having a vision of meeting this rabbit with a skull face that tells him that the world's going to end. So he's told in advance the world's going to end. The movie's about the end of the world. Again, the Donald Trump thing, end of the world. And the constant repetition of corona, which obviously now makes sense. We're talking about the corona and representing the the end of a, of a period maybe? It doesn't have to be the end of the world. So let me go through a few. So a few examples right from the movie. I have some of them put together here. So he's given the information that the world's going to end 28 days from this specific point. The movie centers around the 1988 election. By the way, uh, Joe Biden ran in the 1988 election. I think he was disqualified for cheating. And of course, we were talking about the name Donald from Donnie Darko representing Donald Trump. And so here we go. In The very beginning of the movie, he's looking at his medicine cabinet. He opens it up and if you zoom in, there's a couple of things that's, that are, that's given away right on the prescription. Uh, the name Donald course is used here and the dates specifically pointing to also uh, the term win you know the term winning so this is all stuff that's pretty encoded into the back to the future movie as well the number 88 is consistently used in fact the time-traveling car has to travel 88 miles per hour in order to uh, go through this portal uh, whatever the heck that means you know then 88 by the way, is a huge part of the I don't like numerology, just to say, I don't really care for the idea that numbers mean this or that, but patterns are there, and 88 happens to be one of the numbers that's heavily encoded into what Trump was doing in the 2016 campaign. So this again, just more correlation with Donnie Darko. Uh, on its prescription, the company is called Win, which is another Thing with Donald Trump, uh, one of his memes that he's known for. A couple of other things here that tie it into the present. So he's a sleepwalker. Uh, Donnie Darko dreams lucidly. And he's chasing a rabbit that tells him he's running out of time. Uh, Obviously, this is a reference to Alice in Wonderland. Follow the white rabbit down the rabbit hole. And what he is doing is essentially the same thing. It's Dreamland, Wonderland. So Alice in Wonderland has some correlations to the story. And then there's another one, which is, when the plane parts fell, the name of the street, and this was in Colorado. Again, this is like right after the 20th anniversary of this movie. Uh, They fell on 13th Avenue and Elmwood Street. So Elmwood would obviously call to mind Elm Street which has a couple of connotations. One, JFK assassination. And two, uh, more pertinent, I believe, would be Nightmare on Elm Street. Freddy Krueger. Another movie about sleepwalkers. Lucid dreamers with this demonic psychopomp. Um, In the new one, I mean, in that one, it was a a serial killer with bladed gloves. In this one, it's a human-sized bunny with a skull face. Like They're essentially the same character. One is Freddy, one is... Frank. Uh, 13th Avenue in Elmwood is where these plain parts fell. The number 13 has a lot to do with the movie Donnie Darko. And again, I don't care for numbers being claimed to have objective meanings. But if you look at symbology, symbolism, the number 13 has to do with death, not as an end, but as a beginning, a, res- a reset, a beginning of a new cycle. An easy way to understand it is Twelve months in a year, the thirteenth month is actually the first of the new cycle, or your clock twelve hours, and then your thirteenth hour is hour one of the next twelve hour twelve hour cycle. So the thirteen, death, resurrection, you know, you can bring up uh, Christ with his twelve apostles, the sun with its annual journey, birth to death, the twelve months. Anyway, the number thirteen has been positively correlated with death and resurrection and time. Uh, Father time is death. It's the same archetype. So that number was specifically relevant within the movie Donnie Darko. So for the plane parts to fall on 13th and Elmwood is a pretty clear tie-in. Okay, let me go ahead and continue again. uh, Throughout the movie, there was a reference of Corona, rather the eclipse and the image of the Corona. I'm looking at some other people's comments. The 1988 Economist cover had the Phoenix. Now, this is an important one. So, if you haven't seen it yet, the 1988 Economist cover has a Phoenix atop the world's currency, paper currency, which is burning. And it's holding what looks to be a big Bitcoin in its mouth. Could be a doggy coin or whatever. But the point is, it came out in 88 and it was about burning money. And then, of course, replacing it with the digital. So, in the Donnie Darko movie set in '88, uh, one of the opening scenes, he's in school and they're studying a book by Graham Greene called The Destructors. And in this book, and he comments on this, the characters burn down a house and there's a mattress full of money and they burn that as well and they don't care. And he talks about creative destruction, how you have to destroy to create. Now, doesn't this just sound like reset talk? destroy to create, build back better, burning the money. So again, a movie set in 88, the character burns the money, laughs about, you know, um, well, creative destruction. Much like the Joker, in the Joker movie, he's the character who burns the money, uh, which has some very significant implications. But one thing too, in the Destructors, the characters who burn the place down, laugh maniacally, which is how the Donnie Darko movie ends. They laugh like the Joker. Okay, a few other things about it. Uh, the movie's actual release date. So if you go at the, look at the IMDb, well, let's look at the Wikipedia. This is also another interesting bit of symbolism because it's correlating all of these events. Donnie Darko, 2001 American science fiction psycho- psychological drama. Set in October of 88, its release date was January 19th, 2001. So, January 19th, 119, it's a reverse, a mirror of 9 11, one. And two, patient zero for the coronavirus showed up at the emergency room in Seattle January 19th last January 19th, or other uh, 2020. So that was patient zero day for ground zero of the pandemic events. And the movie was 113 minutes long, uh, 113, one, that number. And again, this is all just in the patterns. It's not numerology. You can look this up for yourself. Look up Pixar 113, one, and you'll see the number 113 one, is encoded as an Easter egg. It was started, they say, here by the California Institute of the Arts. Their alumni had some reference to an editing room or something, but it's used throughout all of their movies. And its meaning isn't explicitly stated until Wall E, in which it's code for it's time to abandon the Earth. It's Directive 113, the world's beyond repair. And that movie, which actually relates to some of what we've been talking about tonight, is about a future where the world has been covered in pollution. So mankind gets up into a space arc and they're up there orbiting above while the robots clean up the mess down below. Okay, now a couple of other things. We're still kind of following the same story. Yes, this is the 33rd year after 1988 since Broghetta. So, hey, when that, that economist that I spoke of, the economist's cover, from 1988 the anniversary of it the 33rd anniversary of this which again is symbolizing the end of paper money and they burned money in Donnie Darko and there's a couple other things about that we'll get into as well I mean there's quite a lot I found today that people have been just digging into for the last couple years but this so the economist comes out 33 years ago on its anniversary bitcoin reaches $33,000 making satoshi the 33rd richest man in the world this person who may not even be a real person but again 33 years later from this magazine's release date bitcoin reaches 33k and again the guy satoshi when he was introduced to the world stage was 33 as was the original whistleblower from Wuhan who told us about the coronavirus. Lion. yep, he was 33. I'm going through some comments here. Um, Again, we're talking about the correlations between the Donnie Darko movie, 9-11, and the coronavirus, and the end of the world, Donald Trump, and what's more, So Donnie um, is a sleepwalker. He's following the guidance of this uh, demonic bunny thing, and he ends up torching the house of a character played by Patrick Swayze, who happens to be running a child trafficking ring. So there you have a reference to Donnie, time-traveling Donnie. Again, the idea here is that we're looking at references to Donald Trump, who is under his administration that the Pizzagate QAnon thing was unraveled. So this is another interesting bit of, uh, you know, a connection between them. Okay, let's go ahead and continue. Okay, I'm looking at other people's comments on it, and people have come up with some very interesting things. I'm looking in the comments on the video called Donnie Darko, End of the World. So someone two months ago remarks that the movie's about the corona. And the eclipse and it does if you look at the imagery in it the imagery tells you quite a bit someone says it means that the old world will die and a new world will begin so this person in 2019 said this movie's predicting a reset which is what we're actually seeing right now i'm reading a comment from 11 months ago this person said look at the last president's synchronicities Let me bring this up as well, because this is relevant. So the Baron Trump book by Ingersoll Lockwood, The Last President, contains a number of undeniable synchronicities, including dates, names. All of it predicated on this notion of uh, time travel. That's the common theme, time travel. By the way, I think another uh, plane crash happened in Georgia today, and parts fell through a house... I mean, this is why I call it a metascript. Things are happening all over. It's not just the movies don't look up. It's not just the Netflix debris. It's not just the predictive programming, but now the news is bringing it. And I've been saying this for some time that they use the entertainment to prepare you for the stories they're going to give you in TV land on the news. So that was in Broomfield, but now there's another one today, probably unrelated But I've I've just been scrolling the headlines, and there was one in Georgia six hours ago. Wings fall into a home. This was in Gainesville. Debris from an airplane crash that killed three on Friday, February the 26th. A single-engine Cessna 182. Now, I don't immediately believe, I don't immediately assume these to be true. One of the victims was Dan Del Nochi, 44, See, I'm not into numerology, but the ones who are will say, Donnie Darko, D is 4, so 44. Dan Nogi, 44. That's probably just a coincidence. But again, I didn't see it. You didn't see it. Uh, this is hearsay until um, somebody does some deeper investigation. The timing of it is very suspect. And again, we've been waiting for the next, you know, what's the next 9-11? Well, uh, clearly... This, this is another interesting thing. We'll get into this in a minute. But there is a, a something here about cycles and patterns that we've been recognizing. So right now, we're living in dark winter. Now, this is something that they put out there. At first, they said, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist if you call this a reset. Now you have the World Economic Forum. Oh, it's a reset. Then you have people saying, hey, it's really strange. All these politicians are talking about the dark winter, which seems to reference a bioterror attack drill exercise performed right before September the 11th. And it's very similar to a, a theme of a Tom Clancy novel. Tom Clancy being the guy who wrote Some of All Fears in 1991 that predicted 9-11. So another one of his books, Dark Winter, and that phrase is being used, that phrase is used to actually describe an event not dissimilar from Event 201, which seems almost like a rehearsal for the pandemic. So I'm saying with all these mentions of dark winter, it's probably relevant here that we're talking about, well, dark winter could be the next 9-11, whatever it's going to be, whatever form. And what we're seeing as far as predictive programming, like if you looked at entertainment prior to September the 11th, it was exploding planes. It was Die Hard, Bruce Willis, planes blowing up, jet fuel was always a main character, always explosions. That was such a big deal, and I think it was just to prepare us for this major explosion. And a lot of the entertainment we've had since then has been preparing us for a nuclear fallout, space wars. And now, space junk is one of the major focuses of the space agencies. Nobody has ever seen space junk, while well, suddenly people are seeing space junk. Five hours ago, space junk burns up over Australia, Queensland. Here's a chart so you can calculate how long will it take space junk to burn up so you can decide if you want to wear a helmet or not. Space junk from China, from their long March 3, spotted over Queensland. Why now? Why are we suddenly seeing this stuff? It's because they have to prepare you. It's the Overton window the window of discourse. They have to get it on the table so when they do something dramatic, now it's believable. It's all about taking it out of the extraordinary. And that's the issue here. I'm not saying all news is fake, but I'm saying that all extraordinary claims need to be vetted. And people aren't vetting things because they don't think it's extraordinary because they're inundated with it, with the entertainment. I mean, that's the nature of the simulation people are in. They're on the wrong side of the screen. All right, I'm going through some notes here. Someone says, I live in China. To call the fire department here, you call 119. Yeah, let me get into nine eleven really quick, and 33, and the Phoenix. Because we talked about how 1988, Donnie Darko said, he burns the money. Economist, 1988, the Phoenix, the burning money. Turns out that the Twin Towers in New York their construction started in 1968. The same year that 911 became the emergency number here in America. So, 911, Twin Towers, 1968. 33 years later, 911 happens. So there's your 33. After the towers come down, Donald Trump, Donnie Dark Trump, proposes building a single tower to replace them and calling it the World Trade Center Phoenix. Again, just very blatant, the correlations here. Uh, 33 Phoenix. Look, World Trade Center Phoenix was proposed. You can read about it, but my point is the symbolism is intact. It's clear. It's self-evident. This is not numerology. Okay, so let's move on. So this this is all again, very probably convoluted to people who haven't heard the stuff before. So I'm only pointing out things that you cannot deny. And again, we're talking about coincidences that cannot possibly be coincidences. Like I find it very curious that after the coronavirus pandemic was declared in America, that Monday we had a Black Monday. That's what they called it, big market crash. 33 years prior in 1988, we had a Black Monday market crash in 19 and again these things are happening spaced 33 years apart in 1986 and in 2019 both of those years we had a burning man as in an individual walking to the white house and setting himself on fire it happened 2019 and 1986 33 year old sets himself on fire in front of the white house i mean that's obviously scripted And in between 1986 and 2019, there were 33 consecutive Burning Man festivals. None of these things are disconnected. And if you have any doubts as to whether or not the world is under the grip of a cult, uh, you have to look up catharsis on the mall. Sounds like a a family-friendly event, right? Catharsis at the mall. Sure, if your idea... Of family entertainment is gathering around the obelisk in DC and burning an effigy of a man while a statue a nude statue of Isis looks on like this stuff's pretty much in your face and if you want to know what the symbolism is uh, we've pretty much decoded most of it but the, the patterns are clear the Phoenix is always correlated with 33 and the Burning Man so the Burning Man in front of the White House who was 33 years old who did it 33 years after the last guy? It's a reference to a phoenix. It rises from its own ashes. Tim Truth says Didn't Joe Biden use a Tom Clancy pseudonym, Peter Henderson, when texting Hunter? Now, that wouldn't surprise me. It's probably true. And what, what's with his son's names, Hunter and Beau? Sergeant Peterson says The whole world is a stage. Uh, yeah. I don't think it's always been this way, maybe it has to some degree, but it's more so now than ever. And the way they affected it was uh, first they put the stage up there on the screen and then they blurred that screen with these other screens that were supposedly just reporting on reality. And then the whole thing became so muddied that they realized, well, we have to be more entertaining with the news. And then the movies, we're like, well, we have to be more socially aware in our entertainment. So now there's no meaningful distinction to be made between the two. Uh, entertainment is just a little more entertaining, but its primary purpose is world view reinforcement. It's propaganda with the side effect of entertainment. It's just really tasty poison, uh, more or less. Uh, Polcat says many artists are under MK Ultra mind control. Ultra. Well, it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me. There's different forms of mind control, you know, whether it's uh, manipulation or completely insulating somebody. Like the world is in a doomsday cult. Like quite literally, uh, the world believes the sky is falling, and that's what I'm suggesting here. The sky is falling is is one of these old fears. I think it's an innate fear. You know, like the sky gets cloudy and your dog starts shaking because it's afraid of thunder. I think we have instinctual fears that are being played on. And I happen to think that things falling from the sky is, is one. And the story goes like this. Chicken gets hit on the head by an acorn that falls from a tree. And then she tells everybody the sky is falling. She gets a lot of support for it. And the fox comes along. And he says, yeah, the sky's falling, but don't worry, I have a cave. And he sends them all into the cave to protect them. And then he secures himself, you know, meals for the next month. And that's kind of what I see here. Now, somebody is harvesting all of this fear and hysteria. Now, Really quick, I want to play a clip of Bill Gates. Uh, this is the clearest example of uh, duper's delight I think I've ever seen. I don't know when. You know, the risk per year, 2%, 3%. uh, Let me start that over because, actually, Anderson Cooper asks him a question. He says, uh, when's the next pandemic? And Bill Gates starts giggling. Say The next pandemic, there will be another pandemic. Absolutely. We don't know when. You know, the risk per year, 2%, 3%. It's hard to say. You know, are we looking at characters that are designed to intimidate some parts of the population? Uh, You know, some people obviously love the guy. That's what's so strange about it. How can you be so polarizing? Half the country thinks, not half the country, but we'll say if we take the fringes, whatever percentage of of the mass that is. So the fringe anti-vaxxers are like, well, Bill Gates wants to kill us all. And the other side says, no, he wants to save us all. It's like, which is it? Are you a savior? Or a destroyer? How can you be both? And things like that, that are just so entirely partisan, are hard for me to take as real. It can't be real. Adaptivia says, sweater man. Have you all heard that rumor about Bill Gates' sweaters? I I hate to spread rumors, but it's been said That he's a a closet vax junkie covering up the track marks with those hideous sweaters I find that believable so listen to this Richard Smith says what is the state car of Trump this is talking about the the, uh, Trump's presidential limousine or whatever because Obama had the beast so they're calling Trump's the second beast They say this means that Obama is the Antichrist and Trump is the false prophet. Not sure about that. I do find a lot of that, though. I do find a lot of people attaching it to this idea of there being uh, this slick salesman for the devil or whatever. I don't think it's Bill Gates. He's like the opposite of a good salesman. Could be Trump. Could be Trump. By the way, your QAnon update... We'll see, Trump, this is what's so strange to me. So he's supposedly speaking at CPAC tomorrow. And I don't think he's going to talk about taking over. And that's what many of the hopeful QAnoners have been saying, that he's going to take over on March 4th and start a new American republic to replace the American corporation. That he'd be the 19th president. And it would be... It's just throwing everything back to 1871. That's been the, the story here for some time. And I'm like, well, if that doesn't happen, I have to wonder about the basic premise of QAnon and saving the children. Like, if you're fighting this war, as in you're fighting the deep state because they're trafficking children, and you started this, let's say, I guess they started this in 2015, so the children you're saving let's say they're all five-year-olds well he gets elected they didn't quite arrest hillary clinton they didn't quite drain the swamp then it's 2020 so now you have a bunch of nine-year-old children under the control of the reptoids well now you lose the election because they stole it or whatever so now you're looking at okay well 2024 trust the plan okay so then what is the plan you're going to be rescuing teenagers I'm curious, like I'm genuinely curious. If if it's true, if these stories are true, or at least if the if the QAnoners believe it's true, are they going to just drop the ball for the next four years? I don't find that to be acceptable. I mean, what kind of what kind of uh, military operation is it that puts itself on hold? And it makes me wonder. Well, maybe there weren't any children to be rescued. Maybe that's just another form of, I don't know. It's just another form of. Making it about good versus evil, which is, is pretty blatant as you can get it. Commenter says, I heard that Bill Gates' sweaters are made from baby hair. I've heard a lot of things. I've heard that nobody has seen Kevin Klein uh, since, uh, well, 2015, is it? And they also say that Bill Gates and Melinda Gates have died and they've been replaced. I've seen some strange things. Uh, someone just sent me this. Apparently in Austin, the area code is 512. So for those of you who are wondering about yesterday's caller who accused me of being a basement dweller when they lock me in the attic. No, but this guy calls from 512 and he sounds like Alex Jones. And someone's like, that's Alex Jones. I'm like, well, let's see what the area code is. And yeah, it matches up. A couple of other things. Someone sent me this tip via Facebook. Uh, I never really looked too closely at Fred Trump. But once you've examined hyper-realistic masks, silicone masks, deep fake technology before it went digital, but once you go there, you'll see why this has been a state secret until like 2015. The director of disguise over there at the CIA of 27 years, Jonah Mendez, talked about how they had foolproof hyper-realistic masks back in the 80s. And this was just a deep secret until recently. And the only reason it's been declassed is probably because they can do it all digitally now. So it doesn't matter. But looking back at Donald Trump's father, uh, yeah, I I can see why people think it, it looks like a mask. Like maybe Donald's making appearances as his father. There's a big distinct uh, line at the bottom of the jaw and it goes around the ear and it doesn't quite fit on right. And it reminds me of... A couple different interviews where Joe Biden, his head appeared to be a a rubber, basically like a a rubber head mask, like the whole headpiece. So here's what the tip said. I want to show this picture of Fred Trump. You've probably seen it. Fred Christ Trump. I can tell you, obviously, why I'm sending it to you. Um, It says here, Facebook doesn't let me post these, so I have to send it to you through your private message. Yeah, Facebook's not all that great when it comes to sharing information. Who knows? You you never know if you're shadow banned. Polecat says, he looks so weird, the ear cover. Yeah, he's got Fred, Christ, Trump, um, and then his wife, Mary. So you got Christ and Mary. Cubstar says, that's a crude face cutout. That's my impression. So many clones, so many body doubles. We've seen Kamala Harris as a body double. Who hasn't seen that one? We've seen Melania as a body double. I have a few things to go through. I earmarked here on my Twitter account. So much happening in the world right now. There's so much being revealed. There's so much that's just been made plainly obvious that I think it's... Like People are just so inundated that the truth doesn't matter at this point. It's almost a form of, you know, I brought up Mystery Science Theater 3000, where you're talking about a group of robots that are imprisoned by some um, malevolent alien, and they're forced to watch bad B-movies. So they make the best of it by kind of mocking what they see and laughing at the screen. And that's sort of what we have been into this whole time, I think. You know, we don't really have a choice but to exist on the world stage. Uh, it's beyond just turning off your TV. Anybody who says you can just turn off your TV uh, doesn't understand how this thing works. It's immersive, and it's reflected through every single person. Like, there, there is no escape. You know, I hate to say it. Okay, anyway, that's why we talk about this stuff anyway. It's all about uh, mitigating cognitive dissonance. Okay, I'm going to play a clip here from The Onion and this perfectly describes what the news sounds like after a couple of years of critical analysis. Now in a desperate attempt to fill 24 hours of programming, here's some bullshit that happened somewhere today. We've got some footage here of the bullshit which began just after 3 o'clock this afternoon when residents in this neighborhood were shocked to see this fairly common thing happening. An attractive witness described the event in breathless terms. I went to my window and I was like, whoa, there's some bullshit happening. That happened right over there. I'm an older man, so you can trust what I say. Authorities in special uniforms rushed to the scene to stand around while our cameras filmed them. You you get the gist of it. This is from The Onion, aptly describing reality. I'm surprised it got away with it. I'm surprised that hadn't been somehow censored. Oh, one final thing. I, I get into these Facebook debates, nothing serious, but sometimes I entertain them. And I have these individuals arguing with me, and I'm not a member, but I go to the Flat Earth Society Facebook page because it's entertaining. I'm not a member of their club, but it's mostly people who are just trying to start arguments. And one guy's talking about how he spent all day by the beach with his camera trying to photograph across the lake, or across the ocean, across the, uh, to the small little island across the way and he said that the curve of the earth was creating a bulge that prevented him from seeing it and we're talking about a distance of like two miles so again I I just think that people have this idea based on cartoons and CGI and video games that you are big enough to perceive the ball or that your camera is big enough to perceive the ball and so people run around saying well boats go over the horizon and the distances that they're talking about so how far away is this boat from you when it's going over the horizon you know 10 miles 20 miles 30 miles because if you really describe the curve that you're suggesting is there the thing would actually be going down over and there would be a uh, obvious it's tilting forward but anyway we're talking about a distance of well within the your range of sight so now uh, comparing that to a world balloon footage, uh, world record setting balloon footage uh, reel here, 175,000 feet. And when you're looking at the earth at 175,000 feet, you can look down, see bodies of water, and you can see oceans, uh, uh, islands, but there's no way that there's a bulge anywhere on this thing. Like the surface that you're looking at from 175,000 feet um, is pretty much just flat earth all around. You don't actually see a ball like quality. So there's no way that if it's flat from up here, some guy on the beach is photographing a curve. You know, it's cognitive bias. People say, I saw a curve, I was on a plane. Well, how high did your plane go? Did you go to space? I don't think so. 33,000 feet? Dumb com- commenter here says, uh, Trump is already dominating CPAC. Has he spoken yet? I think it's tomorrow. I watched something hideous this morning. It was Ted Cruz. I think he put on some weight. It could be a fat suit. I don't know. He looks like he's purposefully uh, styling himself to look exactly like Donald Trump, even in his silhouette. He turned his back for a minute. and I was like, is that Trump? Like something, He's a bit broader and larger than he was before. So, again... Ted Cruz was, like, doing this comedy skit at CPAC. It was, it was just so cringy that he was clearly reciting, he was performing. But the thing that really irked me was that his cadence was not Ted Cruz. His cadence was Donald Trump. His body language, the way he put his hands out, the way he interacted with the crowd. So a lot of these individuals in the Republican Party are trying to be like Trump. It's really kind of sad. You know, politicians, you know, they used to say anyway that politics is show business for ugly people. And it's like, yeah, yeah, I can see that. All right, everyone, thanks for joining. If you want to get live stream notifications, go to InfinitePlaneSociety.com. We'll have a few updates posted in the uh, Discord server there throughout the night. I'm following a few different topics right now. Very, very closely. And if you want to add on to any of these things, what I started doing is I started posting everything in the public forum. Not everybody is into Discord. And Discord is nice. However, your topics get buried. And we have nonstop, 24-7 conversations in there. So what I've started doing is I'm taking the best material, uh, the questions, the topics, and I'm posting them at infiniteplane.media. We have a forum. And on this forum, it's open to the public to discuss these things, and that's how I've been sourcing a lot of these interesting uh, bits that connect these things. Uh, one more thing. I'm, I'm pretty clear, in my opinion, that uh, the space age is just space communism, and that it's moving us into neo-feudalism. Well, listen to this. Exploration testing for the moon on the International Space Station It's called the SURF project. Now it stands for Spacesuit Evaporation Rejection Flight Experimental, but SURF project? I've been saying for some time that the space program is pretty much just that. Uh, Let me go ahead and see. Someone asked if I'm taking calls. Let me see if I have any voicemails. I had a voicemail the other day, referenced it a few minutes ago. Uh, Many believed it to be, alex jones others thought it was bill hicks pretty divided okay cool and we're probably gonna be doing another podcast with crater earth so if any of you found that topic interesting or perplexing or whatever and you have any questions you want me to ask of the crater earth proponents i will be happy to ask those we may even do it Skype, and you can call in and ask yourself. If you don't know what crater Earth is, it's a, how would you describe it? You've got hollow Earth, ball Earth. You've got the different versions of the hollow Earth. One of them is the Earth is actually, well, not hollow as in a hollowed out planisphere, but that we're on the interior of something. Strange. But, I mean, that's one idea. It's called Cell Earth. But this one here is the idea that we're on a planet much bigger than the one we're told we're on. And they've been able to figure this out by looking at the moon. All right, we may be open for uh, phones this evening. So let me go ahead and put my number on the screen. You can also leave voicemails, and I will respond to all of those. 833 311 1984. And if you want to get on the live stream notification list, again, just go to infiniteplanesociety.com. We also have a few other options for viewing. Like I said, some people don't like DLive. They took away my lemons. We're on the X tagged. I've been X tagged. And I don't know why. We watch our language here you know, what exactly is it that got me the X tag? All right, I'm going through my notes one more time to make sure I haven't missed anything on this thing involving Donnie Darko, time travel, Donald Trump. And look, you can look for yourself. There's about 30 articles right now about space junk. And for like the first time ever, we actually have images of space junk falling from the sky. So you can see that agenda is moving forward as we predicted. Another reason to listen to this channel. We tend to be ahead on all these things. All right, this is The Edges in Your Mind by Chief Crow. Have a great evening, and if you're on the list, you'll get a notification when we do open phones this evening.